You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogelmeyer. We are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, where we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to everyone who's checking out the show today for the first time. We very much appreciate it. And another special thank you to all of our fans out there that are checking back in on us again. And on today's show, I'm very excited because we're doing voicemails, but it's not a typical voicemail show. It's going to be fans' reactions to picks in the draft. And it's funny because we got them over time. I didn't get them all at once. So, like, we have reactions to the first round that we'll get into in the first segment, the first and second round in the first segment. And then in the second segment, we'll have all the reactions to round three because that's obviously when things started to get weird. And then to wrap up the show, we have one question about which late pick for the Chargers could potentially play the biggest impact this year and also get into how we would feel about Aaron Rodgers potentially joining the division. So we're going to get into that at the end of the show, but let's go ahead and get started with reactions to the first two picks by the Chargers. I also need to tell you guys that if you guys are looking for an everyday NFL show where you can keep up with everything going on throughout the league, make sure to check out Peacock and Williamson. You can find them on the new Odyssey app. That's where I go to make sure I'm keeping up with everything else as well as just the individual shows throughout the network. But let's get into these voicemails because we have some really fun ones to get into today, David. It was so funny listening to how people experience the draft. So let's get started with Mike in the OC. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, Mike here in the OC. Super stoked about that uh, draft pick last night. Seems like Rashawn Slater just fell into our laps, which is amazing. But honestly, is Tommy T um, that good of a first-round talent evaluator, or is it more just luck? I mean, it seems like every pick we've had in his tenure has been um, luckily falling into place and ha- falling right into our lap. You know, uh, we got Derwin James, who fell to us. We have Joey Herbert, who he was thinking about picking up to Tua. But um, obviously, his second and third and beyond has been questionable at most other than a few picks. So what do you guys think of Tommy T? Do you think this saved his uh, his job for another year, or do you think uh, if he doesn't score on these next uh, rounds, um, he'll be looking elsewhere? So this is an interesting question, and I'll just start by saying that you deserve some credit for getting the pick right, because just because Derwin James is there, how many other teams made, you know, rationalizations as to why they should potentially take somebody else? You know what I mean? So you do have to still make the move. They still had to go pick Rashawn Slater. They still had to make the move for Asante Samuel Jr. Even though it made a lot of sense to us, we've seen them go in some quasi-directions before. So the only thing I would say is I think that Melvin Gordon, even though I don't remember how he was thought of at the time, I know he was thought of as a first-round running back, but trading up for him seems like it was a little bit of a reach. And then obviously with Mike Williams, you have players like Patrick Mahomes going behind him and Deshaun Watson and all of those things. So I think that obviously there's some credit to be handed out there, Dave, but also they've gotten some really fortunate situations, especially when they get to pick in the first round. 
Yeah, but they've also had the patience to let those players fall to them and not to make rash decisions to trade up. Uh, I mean, besides Melvin Gordon and Kenneth Murray, but <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying is they've 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 made some good decisions by you know waiting for these guys to get to them and then taking them. So you have to give them some credit for that. But what I will say and I, what I will agree with you on is the lack of of steady production and getting quality picks to hit later on in the draft. I mean, there's only been a handful of guys that you can really say has come in and made an impact at a cons- on a consistent basis for the Chargers. So that I, I will agree with you. And with Tom Telesco, I mean, he hasn't been great, right? He doesn't have a winning record as a general manager. So, I mean, you have to take that into account. And as far as will he keep his job, you know, if some of these guys hit, I mean, sure, it's going to help. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if these, this team doesn't win – Tom Telesco is not going to be here much longer. When you think, I mean, depending on how this season goes, right? If they get to the end of the season and the Chargers don't have a good record, they just got rid of their coach. It's hard to imagine they're getting rid of Brandon Stabley after a season. Then you start looking around, okay, where does this problem really start, right? I mean, I doubt that the owner is going to look at his son's, you know, the head of football operations. The next man in line is Tom Telesco, so... If the Chargers can't succeed this year, they might say, hey, first year under new head coach Brandon Staley will keep things the same. But especially if those top two draft picks don't come through. They're definitely going to send Tom Telesco to the guillotine if that happens. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's hard to imagine they would look anywhere else because this is year nine. Two coaching regimes. Now, especially with those later draft picks that you're talking about, yes, hitting on guys like Jatavis Brown and Desmond King and some other picks, you know, getting contributors out of Sam Tevy and Isaac Rochelle. And on and on and on. It hasn't been good enough from what they've been getting. They in needing those contributors right from the middle rounds to the late rounds of the draft. And I think that has led to a lot of the depth issues that this team has come across. So I do think he's on a little bit of a hot seat and Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert might well get him right out of that hot seat as well. So I think that's probably just as likely. So let's get to the next voicemail here. Not a question, but a very excited fan. Let's hear what Gary from Texas has for us. Hey guys, this is Gary from Texas. Uh, I just had to call in real quick. I don't have a question. I just have a comment. Just, we just got Asante Samuel Jr. and Slater. This draft is going beyond my expectations. I am extremely excited about this. Um, it's going exactly the way we want it to. As, as long as we can keep, you know, keep this going, dude, we're going to have the best draft period all right guys love the show bolt up baby well we know you guys don't get to get to every show all the time right i mean that's just how life is at times and we've definitely given our thoughts on how we feel about the two top picks by the chargers but definitely understand the phone call here gary definitely understand the voicemail we are all pretty stoked when both of those guys luckily fell into tom telesco's lap I am definitely not going to take a, away another opportunity to to celebrate getting Asante Samuel Jr. and Rashawn Slater. Um, I'm I was just as excited when the Chargers got them, and I'm still elated to see and understand now that they're on the team and they're going to help us for the next couple of years. I am just beyond excited, Gary. I'm right there with you, man. It's easy to get excited about, and I had said it on a previous show, but as far as the second round corners went. He was the only one in Asante Samuel Jr. that I felt comfortable potentially starting this year, right? Just because the instincts are there, the athleticism is there, the willingness to tackle is there. 
He's a guy that you feel like could have a large role with this team in 2021. I didn't feel that way about Kelvin Joseph, you know, or any of those other second round guys. I mean, Tyson Campbell or Eric Stokes probably the most. But I would also say the same thing about the tackles too, like Christian Derrissaw. Well, I still would have been, you know, understood it. I still, I still would have understood it. I don't know if any of those guys were ready to be the Chargers' left tackle this season. And I feel like, David, I mean, both of those guys legitimately could be starters when you open up the season in week one. Yeah, I think that you can kind of expect that they're going to come in and be starters. I mean, there's nobody else that is better suited to to play left tackle for the Chargers right now than Rashawn Slater. And to get a guy of that caliber with with that just balanced skill set, a guy who's just a, a menace in the running game, who's going to run you over, who brings that nastiness, who flips that switch, and a guy who just routinely stonewalls edge rushers and keeps them away from his quarterback. This year, with Rashawn Slater, he is going to help give Justin Herbert more time so he can dissect defenses. He's not hes not going to have to create plays and escape the pocket as much with Rashawn Slater there giving him more time to make some throws in the pocket. We've already seen the incredible arm talent that Justin Herbert has. And on the defensive side with Asante Samuel Jr., for all the reasons that you listed, Daniel, I mean, you just feel great about him going out there and bringing that NFL bloodline and that just great tackling ability and those ball skills and those instincts to the defense opposite of Michael Davis. I mean, you just can't help but be ecstatic about those two picks. Absolutely. And I think Slater's probably more of a right-in starter than Asante Samuel Jr. is uh, just because of, you know, what it takes to play that position and the gap between the next person, even though I mean, I don't think that Brandon Faison brings what Asante Samuel Jr. does to the table, but I know, you know, what I think is the difference between Rashawn Slater and Trey Pipkins because Slater just comes in as the most technically refined offensive lineman in this draft. I don't think he'll have problems adjusting in the NFL, my famous last words, but easy to see why everyone's excited. Two guys that should come in and make an immediate impact for the Chargers. And then the third round came around. And I said it was going to get weird. Things got a little bit weird. So in the next segment, we're going to get into three different reactions from the third round from Chargers fans as they went through it. So excited for you guys to hear those. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, just text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Nugenics Total Tea is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, which is their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. All you have to do is text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. I also need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at a fair price. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life, and they're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 
This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. The ring from Platt Boutique is amazing. It's so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift for her. If you are on the hunt for the perfect unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so you can find them now by searching the words 10x10 only at BlueNile.com. Alright guys, well we have more draft reactions to get into and I really loved hearing these, especially doing it now where we know what the final results are. We know the crazy things that are to come for Chargers fans who are calling in at these different moments of the draft and I knew that you know, round three is always where Tom Telesco has been most criticized, where the picks seem to work out the least. So we definitely got some voicemails coming in in reaction to those picks. So let's get into these, I mean, really funny reactions. Let's start with Alex from Peoria. Hey, what up, guys? It's Alex from Peoria, Arizona. Just sitting here watching the draft. Um, and like most Chargers fans, I'm literally just in awe that – you know, Rashawn Slater fell to us, and then Asante Samuel Jr. fell to us. It was like every mock draft I ever did, it was like a fat chance that those guys were going to fall, and everything was just rolling right into place. And then the third round came around. Who the hell is Josh Palmer, and why are we taking him in the third round? Like, I don't see him on any draft boards. I'm pretty sure that guy would have went in the sixth or seventh round, possibly undrafted. It's the first head scratcher, and I just I knew it felt too good to be true. The draft was just going right along the way that we wanted it to, and then there goes this weird pick. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the kid balls out, but um, the first pick that I just you know kind of wanted to scream into a pillow. Anyways, bolt ganger don't bang. Um, super excited about our first two picks. Um, excited over the moon about it. See you later. I mean, I think that Josh Palmer definitely was the first head-scratching pick. It was the first pick that we were just like, we fully did not see that coming. I mean, in most draft boards, he was a reach. I, the only place that I, we saw him ranked somewhere near where the Chargers picked him at 77 was pro football focus, and they had him as the 71st best prospect in the draft. But David, especially after hearing what they had to say about him and how he fits in and why they selected him, it was a lot easier to get excited about it. Yeah, definitely. In the moment, I had the same reaction as you did. I was just like, who the heck is Josh Palmer? Why did they pick a wide receiver in the third round? This is a guy nobody was talking about. I just didn't understand it in the moment. But after you hear people talking about him and then you go back and watch him uh, on tape and you see that this guy can play. And especially, like Brandon Staley said, it seemed like he got up for those matchups against those top corners, those guys that went pretty high in the draft. And he had some really good success against those guys. I mean, this is a guy who's going to profile on the outside and I think is a, a main contingency plan in case you know they go their separate ways with Mike Williams so uh, I mean I, I like to pick more uh, than I did obviously when they first made it but I'm still apprehensive I mean he's still gonna have to go out there and prove me wrong or right yeah I mean he's a guy most people thought would be you know potentially a fifth round pick but he's also the guy out of the perceived reaches from the Chargers draft class that I think you could make the argument for most, hey, another NFL team may have had this guy much higher just because, like Brandon Staley said, you know, he watched him go against the top cornerbacks like the guys from Georgia and Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, mostly Tyson Campbell, but he did burn Patrick Sertan for a touchdown. You start seeing those things and you get to see the guy at the Senior Bowl winning a lot of one-on-one matchups. 
you can understand why they made the pick. But the second pick in the third round was one that even after we thought it couldn't get more head scratching with the Josh Palmer pick, then we got the other third round pick. So let's hear what Curtis Loki had to say about Trey McKitty. Hey guys, Curtis Loki just calling to talk about the first, second, and third round picks. Obviously, their Sean Slater pick is freaking awesome. Um, the Asante uh, Samuel Jr. pick is insane. I mean, one, I'm a huge fan of his dad, so just to, just to see him on the Chargers is going to be so much fun to watch. I'm a little upset with the Saints for trading in front of us and grabbing Paulson and Debo. Not really sure if we were going to go that route, but just the idea that he would have felt us and we could have kind of solidified our cornerback offseason would have been very nice. Um, but it is what it is. Then moving on to uh, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, you know, I, I it obviously was somewhat of a head scratcher, but uh, if he is as good of a route runner as, as a lot of people say he is, I, I'm not much of a scout myself, but um, I think he's, he definitely looks like a really good receiver to a degree, and uh, I love the fact he catches with his hands. And then the tight end pick. Um, that was kind of rough, but at the same time, we don't necessarily have a true blocking tight end. And, uh, you know, I th- they've been using this term called a move tight end, and I'm not saying that Rams offense is something we're trying to mimic, but I do know that Staley probably is used to seeing the way the Rams offense played, and I know they used a lot of that. And so I found that pick pretty interesting. Anyway, love the show. I uh, look forward to what you guys have to say about uh, our, our first few rounds and uh, go Bulls. I mean, this one was one where I definitely thought this guy was going to be a fifth or sixth round pick. I didn't see it coming. I think it was a reach, especially just based on what we saw, right? What we heard about this guy and, you know, where he was ranked by all of the different draft analysts. You can say the same thing about Josh Palmer, but it seems a little bit more believable that somebody could have been sold to take him in the third round, even though, you know, we didn't think it was going to happen. With Trey McKitty, a guy who is coming in to be a blocking tight end, you want, you know, that's what you're most likely going to see early on from him, especially who didn't have a lot of production in the receiving game in 2020. I mean, that was one, David, where, yes, we see the role that he could play for them now, but at the same time, we were like, why are you taking this guy in the third round when you could potentially have him maybe in the fifth round? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy I I was taking in the sixth and seventh rounds in my mock drafts, and, I mean, looking around at all the different pundits, they were taking him or picking him in similar places as well. So, I mean, yeah, you understand the role. You know he's going to come in and be a blocking tight end, and he might be on the field quite a bit because of that role. But, I mean, that's just it, though. That's all he's really going to be coming in to do. And, yeah, he might play on some special teams, but you don't take a guy who has just that small, limited role in the third round. I mean, that's really his only primary application to this team. I thought it was a tremendous reach. I mean, I will not uh, disagree with you there. But, I mean, again, this is a guy who has some raw pass-catching ability, didn't really get many opportunities, but he is going to come in and block for you, and he's pretty decent at that. But I just thought that the value and the pick there was just a bit off. Yeah, and part of it felt like Tommy Tremble went off the board right after their second, their first of their third-round picks, and it seemed like they maybe thought, oh, hey, this is the, the next best you know, pass blocking, run blocking, tight end out there. 
and we should hop on it now because the other guy is gone. And I think they would have taken Tommy Tremble, potentially, just given the type that they went for with Trey McKitty, both, you know, a little raw in the receiving game and give a lot of effort in the blocking game. And if they are, you know, running some sort of, you know, Sean McVay offense, like Sean McVay's tight ends weren't specifically known for blocking, but the Saints, where Joe Lombardi, you know, comes from, they always had blocking tight ends. Kyle Shanahan needs his tight ends to block a lot, and we know there's going to be some Shanahanian parts of this offense as well. So, yes, I think that's exactly why they made the pick. But with every pick, there's always going to be someone at that pick, for the most part, unless it's Asante Samuel Jr. or Rashawn Slater, where you're like, I would have gone with this guy. So, John from Tennessee had a couple of moments in the third round where he wished the Chargers went in a different direction. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, guys. Uh, this is John from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Just wanted to call in and get your guys' uh, thoughts and, and give a little bit of my feedback on the draft. I think overall, I think we did we did really well, but I wanted to focus specifically on the third round where I think we could have done a little bit better. Um, you know, it seemed like Palmer at the 77th pick, he's you know, a raw talent. Um, I think we could have got him later in the draft and maybe – you know, maybe focused on somebody else like uh, like Rogers or even Malcolm Koontz, and then and then focused on that position later later in the draft in the 97th pick or, or you know in in the later rounds. Um, you know, I like Ben Cleveland, and then obviously Quinn Mayners. We uh, we passed on him in favor of uh, McKitty out of Georgia uh, at the end of the third round. So just want to get your guys' thoughts on this and and. Uh, this was really the only only section in the draft where I think we could have uh, could have improved and, and got some better value there. Thanks, guys. Go Bolts. Oh, Quinn Miners. I mean, that would have been a lot of fun. We definitely weren't as high on Ben Cleveland. And, you know, with Malcolm Koontz and especially Amari Rogers, I get it, David. And I think especially when it's a receiver, you could make that argument. But I think there's obvious reasons why they didn't go in that direction as far as what they wanted to bring in at the wide receiver position. But... There's always going to be picks where we see picks and we're like, oh, my God, this guy was there. You could have had this guy. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the people listening to the show know that we did that for Hamza Nazaraldeen. I mean, obviously. For like three rounds, One of the guys yeah. we loved. <laughs> yeah, we're like, come on, you could have picked him. Come fourth, on, you could have picked him again. You could have picked him sixth. again. Come yeah. on. Yeah, it's like, take him. Yes, we all had that feeling for sure. And, yeah, this was another situation where you felt like you could have got, got him in a different round. But, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, they were looking for a specific profile. So, I mean, from I know you mentioned Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers is a slot receiver. I mean, the Chargers already have several guys that can fit that billing and, and play in the slot. I mean, Keenan Allen, obviously one of the best in the NFL. And, you know, they're two speedy wide receivers. Guyton and T. Billy can both play in the slot as well. So, I mean, you needed a guy who was more of an outside wide receiver profile. And that's why they took Josh Palmer. But I totally get it. I, I totally understand, you know, wanting to take other guys in that situation. And, hey, I mean, what's done is done. We have the benefit of hindsight now. And we'll see uh, how these guys go out there and perform. And that was the thing about this draft, too, was it was very slot receiver heavy, right? I mean, when you look at the guys like Amari Rogers or even Elijah Moore, a lot of these guys that are talented in this draft probably fit the profile more of slot receivers. So I think that's another reason you see a guy like Des Fitzpatrick, who is thought to be like a six-round pick potentially. He goes in the fourth round. So I think the outside receiver position was a little bit more scarce Blocking tight ends at the college level are always going to be scarce because of the type of offenses that we see today. 
at the collegiate level. But either way, I mean, we don't know how other teams value them. Of course, we have other guys, especially in the third round that we were looking for. Hey, this guy's still there. Go out and get him. But we do have one more segment to get into because we do have more reactions to the draft. We're going to get into who of the later picks we think will have the most immediate impact and also talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and what we would feel like if he ended up coming to the AFC West. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Right now, guys, especially with the draft over, I hope you guys were able to get some bets in on that, especially, you know, if you bet them getting Rashawn Slater, which would have paid pretty well if you had gotten that in early for sure. But what I'm doing now is I'm betting on futures. And one of the ones that stuck out to me the most was the defensive player of the year. Right now, Micah Parsons is the favorite at four to one. Those are crazy odds. I mean, a heavy favorite in that regard. But your boy Asante Samuel Jr. is 40 to one, right? Hear me out. If that guy goes for, you know, six or seven or eight picks this year, he could definitely be in the running for defensive rookie of the year. So that's a pick I saw that was like, oh, Chargers, very, very interesting, right? Even if he wouldn't be my favorite for it. But Bet Online has all the best odds that you're going to find. All you have to do is head to their website or use your mobile device and you can sign up today. And they will even give you some free money to bet with a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I also need to tell you guys about Built Bar, my favorite protein bar in the world, and a protein bar that has been sweeping the nation. And I think it's because they taste so good. And I always tell you guys, taste for me is everything. It's taste and variety, and you're going to get all of those with Built Bar. I mean, there's so many flavors to choose from. You have coconut almond, coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, brownie, just to name a few. And they're all low-carb, low-sugar, high-protein high fiber they basically fit into any kind of diet and they're all 100 percent covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew you can feel like you're having you know a candy bar you're having a cheat meal something along those lines but you're having something that actually goes along with your diet as well very filling i absolutely love built bars and this weekend is mother's day so hey you know that's a great mother's day present built bars i know my mom has taken a lot of my built bars so you guys can save some money on your Mother's Day present. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, well, now it's time to get into the final segment of the show. We have a couple more voicemails that we want to get into here. And the first is asking which of the later picks for the Chargers in the non-Asante Samuel Jr. and Rashawn Slater category could potentially have the biggest impact. Let's hear what Sam from Virginia has for us this week. Hey, guys, this is Sam from Virginia. Uh, I just want to know your thoughts on which player from the later rounds do you think will have the most immediate impact uh, on the Chargers? So uh, really anybody from round three on, because um, I'm sure we would all agree that uh, Slater and Asante Samuel Jr. are going to have a, a massive impact early on. So uh, which of the guys that were picked after that do you think are going to contribute and contribute well? Thanks, guys. Short, sweet, to the point. I love those voicemails. You guys really came through with the voicemails all on point on today's show. I appreciate you guys. But that's a great question, David. I mean, I took this originally as a later, later round pick. But, I mean, I think starting with Josh Palmer, we don't really know what to expect. So, which of these guys do you think is going to have the most immediate impact early on for the Chargers? 
Yeah, I mean, something I kind of alluded to earlier with Trey McKitty, I think because of the the fact that he's a blocking tight end and the Chargers don't really have anyone else that fits that same profile, I think he's going to be on the field quite a bit, especially in running downs. He's going to be a guy who's going to be on the field quite a bit. And then on the defensive side, uh, I think Nick Neiman, the linebacker, I mean, the, he's going to be on the field, especially on special teams. I think he's a guy who's going to be racing down the field and a guy who can make make some plays on, on in that aspect of the game. And maybe that turns into him, you know, getting some more snaps on defense against the run. I mean, I can definitely see that matriculating throughout the season. Yeah, especially because, I mean, they don't have a lot of depth after the big three guys that they have at linebacker. And they had all those guys on the roster last year. And there still were those snaps like you're talking about from Denzel Perryman and Nick Vigil. But it's interesting. I think for this, you have to kind of look at the depth chart too, right? Like who would be forced into action potentially of these later guys? Like even with Josh Palmer, he's going to come in as, you know, the seventh wide receiver, right? He's going to have to climb up that depth chart a little bit. Then you have a guy like Brendan Hymas. Yeah, Brian Bulaga could get hurt. You know, obviously we saw enough of that last year. He could be forced into action, but... Is he going to get higher on the roster than, you know, a Storm Norton or a Trey Pipkins who they like so much, right? So I think those are important things to talk about. I think you have to look at Nick Neiman and also Mark Webb just because you can totally see how they fit on special teams. They could start on special teams, so to speak. I mean, Darius Swinton told us, right? The game starts with a kickoff. The special teams guys are the starters. So I think both of those guys, especially because of the depth at their position, at safety and linebacker could get on the field defensively at some point this season and also will be on special teams almost immediately if they can make an impact in training camp and make the roster. So I think that was a great question, Sam. We have one more, though, we want to get into as far as voicemails, this time about Aaron Rodgers. Didn't think we'd be talking about Aaron Rodgers today. Let's hear what Zach from Florida has for us this week. Hey, guys. It's Zach here from Florida. So going into night one of the draft, there was that news that Rodgers did not want to play for Green Bay anymore. And he was intrigued by three different teams, which were San Francisco, Las Vegas, and Denver. Now with Trey Lance going to San Francisco, they're kind of out of the equation, but that leaves two teams that are in our division. So I just want to know, would you be okay with Rodgers in the AFC West, where we would get three QBs basically battling it out every year, possibly four if you include Bridgewater if Rodgers doesn't go to the Broncos. I would kind of like to see Herbert versus Rodgers two times a year, but it would also be more challenging for the Chargers to assert themselves, possibly in winning the division because you have Rodgers. So that's a long-winded answer, but I would like to know, would you like to see Rodgers in the AFC West? Let me know and bolt up. So the answer to the question is hell no. I do not want Aaron Rodgers inside of the AFC West. Yeah, like I didn't what? want I didn't, <laughs> I I didn't mean, want Deshaun Watson not. either. Yeah, David. I mean, of course you're making it much more difficult. You're making life much tougher if you have to battle it out between Herbert and Mahomes and now Aaron Rodgers. It would be very exciting. I mean, it would be a hell of a watch, but I don't think anyone really wants that. As a just strictly NFL fan, then yeah, sure. It would be cool to watch Aaron Rodgers and see him up close for the last couple years of his career. But as a Charger fan and as a Chargers podcaster and analyst, hell no. I don't want anything to do with Aaron Rodgers 
Keep him in Green Bay, far away from this division. It's already difficult enough. You don't want to add another quarterback, an NFL MVP, a future Hall of Famer, who's still slinging it at a very, very high level in your division. No, Mm -mm. I'll pass. No thanks. And I'm not throwing any shade at Brandon Staley, but let's not forget what Aaron Rodgers did to that Rams defense in the playoffs, right? They were injured. There was a lot of things going on, but he absolutely torched that number one defense in the NFL last year in the playoffs. So, Zach, I definitely understand where you're coming from. It would be fun to watch, but, I mean, let's be honest. A part of our show's success has to do with the Chargers' success. So, to have them out of the playoffs, potentially, because you're competing with two juggernaut quarterbacks in Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it would not be good news for the Chargers and their playoff chances. I can definitely tell you that for sure. I don't want them hooking up with the Broncos because I think that's the more likely one. But the Raiders are crazy. They might just do it. You never know. But he hopefully will stay in the NFC. And then him and Justin Herbert want to face off. It's only once every four years or it's in the Super Bowl. That's the only time I want to see Aaron Rodgers. But that is going to do it for today's show. On tomorrow's show, we should be joined by the Locked On Big Ten host, Ben Stevens, who absolutely crushes it for us on the college level. So we're going to talk with him because the Chargers have a bunch of Big Ten players. We're going to focus really on Rashawn Slater and Brendan Hymas because we're going to have the Locked On Hawkeyes host on with us next week. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But should have some good talk on tomorrow's show. Until then, you can find me and David on Twitter, me at DanTalkSports and David at DroTalkSD. If you guys want to follow us there, you can also follow the show at Locked On LAC. You can find us on Facebook on our page, Locked On Chargers, and on Instagram at Locked On Chargers. You can find us also wherever you get your podcast from. The easiest way to get the show is to follow us on either the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We know Apple Podcasts has been having some issues. So if you can't find us there, we're always on those other streaming devices as well. And make sure to rate and review if you like the show too. So so make sure you do that. And thank you also to everyone who contributed to today's voicemail show. It was so cool hearing all of your guys' reactions to the draft. We really like that. If you guys want to be the next voice on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. I probably should have said that like three more times on today's episode. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow breaking down some more Chargers draft picks with Locked On Big Ten host Ben Stevens. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.